The Athletic. Hello and welcome to the TIFO Football Podcast. I am Joe Devine. And I'm delighted to be joined today by JJ Bull the Bullard. Hello. All right there? Yes. How's it going? Very well. Very well. Very Good. informed today. Yes, you are. How much football did you watch over the weekend? Quite a lot. Um, as you know, I took it very seriously. So yes. I watched an awful lot. I mean, it does dig into your actual personal time. But thankfully, I was able to consume the appropriate amount of football to prepare adequately to give uh, a podcast of value. Yes, zero football. Now, also welcome today by John, 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 Jonathan Dog McKenzie. Did you just Did you say I'm welcomed name? by? Did I say I'm, I'm welcoming welcome? anyone? Did I say I'm welcomed by? It'd be funny if it was like, said? he had forgotten his name, he's like, this guy. This guy. <laughs> uh, Specky McGee number one. Yeah, he woofs for me. That's true, woof for me. Woof. Oh, that's, uh, I didn't really feel it in the way that I normally Sorry. do. But you stick around. <laughs> <laughs> does things to me. It's woof does things to me. Also, we've got Steve Hankey and uh, Jamie, the uh, long-legged uh, video producer. Like a spider. Through the window, yeah. It's a long-legged a video. What's a long-legged video? Yeah. It's an evergreen video. Oh. A video you can watch five years later. Much like the new season of the TIFO Football <laughs> Podcast, which will, of course, start... John McKenzie at the near the beginning of July there'll be a, when we finish we've got two weeks left after this one of studio shows we've got our live shows and then there's a bit of a break throughout July for us to recuperate and restore and plan and uh, near the beginning of July we will launch our the new incarnation of uh, the Tifa football podcast which will be long legged so mm-hmm. if you don't check it out then and you think Oh, I'm really unhappy that they're cancelling the podcast and I John's my least favourite member and what it, what you're saying it will be sounds like the least the thing I'm least interested in. Don't worry about checking it out in July because you can listen to it in December when you realise that you were wrong <laughs> and an idiot. Yeah? That's you. I'm talking about you. Now, we spoke about so much today, gang, didn't we? Actually, that's not true. But uh, there are things here I have to say that we did speak about. How heavy does a bath need to be for it to fall through a ceiling? Remember that? Very long time ago Yeah, we talked about but that. But in the podcast, it'll be quite soon. Yeah, it'll be very soon in the podcast. Man City, of course, won the Premier League. Uh, so we talk a, a bit about them and their season, their team. Is it, the, is it the best one ever? Is there a large asterisk attached to that success? We discuss that. And John delivers a potent monologue. about mm. Probably about... 30 minutes in, maybe a little bit less than that. 30 minutes long. Stick around. <laughs> it's the 30 minute long and 30 minutes in monologue. Very interesting there. Um, but listen to all of it before you form your opinion about what he thinks. The most interesting Bundesliga title race in over a decade. I don't know if it is that, but it is one that Bayern might not win after the weekend. So we discussed that too. Although, JJ, no care. Why don't you care about the Bundesliga? In the same way you don't care Also, about we talked about football. what percentage of humans are made of water. I think we all know it's 70%, but is that even true? It's not 70, it's way more than that. On average, it's 53% water, I believe. Is it 53%? It's like 97. Well, that's what the running nah, order says. 70, 70 is like the popular um, fact number. Let's find out. Hang on. I think Steve's just put it in there. How much water is it's in a literally, human? Steve they don't believe on you, average, They literally don't believe water. you. Well, it depends how much water you've drunk, I guess. Yeah, that's another way of saying on average. Yeah. Uh, if I just drink nothing but water for did an you, hour... Did you really think you were 97% water? Because <laughs> that would mean if I touched you, you would explode. <laughs> You'd be like... 
Well, no, it's just, yeah, you think I'm very viscous. Yeah, you are quite viscous. I often wonder... Have I used that the right way? Viscous. When you, when you uh, walk around in the office, I can always tell you've been here because you leave a trail of water behind you just dripping off your back. I do do yeah. that, yeah. Much like the creature that was in the documentary I watched yesterday. Oh, yeah. Do, do you want to tell people about that? There... Actually, no, because this is a huge and influential podcast and we don't get to give out that kind of... Uh, uh, you, I think it, we should double double think about whether we want to promote what you watched. Oh yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> because it, it it may well not be true. Very possible. Yeah. It's very possible. But, in but another, you could say you watched way. an alien documentary. Well, not an alien documentary. No, no, no. I watched a documentary about something that some many people believe may have happened in Brazil, nineteen eighty six. Aliens. Well, not, you don't know that something happened. Yeah. That, that's often the premise of alien documentaries is that we don't know that they're aliens but something happened yeah. Yeah. but you enjoyed it didn't you yeah it was called Aliens 2 <laughs> <laughs> and Electric you, Boogaloo yeah, Electric Boogaloo <laughs> you enjoyed it and you watched it Aliens in, 2 Electric Boogaloo instead yeah. of watching football the dance you? I don't like how they put all these like things at the credits of movies where they all dance to like a you know like a a dance song at the end. You don't like it when they dance to a dance song. No, especially at the end of Aliens Two. It wasn't, so, they did that at the like beginning it. of the, the, the end of the um, Star Wars one, don't they? Yeah, with the Ewoks. but they got rid of it, didn't they? Did, I, I think they've reinstated it. it. Okay. Yeah, there, there were bits cut from it, I believe. I think it's Shrek popularized it. It's just that keep everyone like to to manufacture their emotion at the end of a movie. So like, I, I had a great yeah, time. Yeah, I like it. Do you? Well, yeah, in the end with that Shrek when they're singing that song and all I dancing. I don't like that. Yeah, I like it, man. And the animation looks all good. weird and they always do these little things where someone jumps in front of camera and slides in front of you to, for, a, for a cheap joke. I like it. It's not... No, they shouldn't... You don't need that. Like, think of the end of Dumb and Dumber. They don't have that, do they? They just well, let no, but Dumb and Dumber right isn't as good as Shrek. Come on. because it doesn't have a dance at the end. You mean, I mean that as well, don't you? I do mean that. I've seen... Very, is, come on, mate. Shrek, that's it, unbelievable. It's, it, I, listen... I'll give you that we could have an argument about it and both sides would be legitimate. Yeah. But to, to describe it as unbelievable that Shrek is in the conversation with Dumb and Dumber is just wrong. It's just wrong. Dumb and Dumber is clearly... Let's get. I think we need to get a poll in the YouTube. Can we do... No, it's only in a community post, isn't it? Maybe we'll... Well, anyway, respond in the comments, people, on YouTube. And if you're listening to us on another uh, streaming platform, Spotify or whatever, head over to the YouTube. Leave your comment below. I really, really feel strongly that Shrek is a better film than I think. Dumb and Dumber is a, a fantastic film, but Shrek, Shrek is a masterpiece. I wonder if our like slight difference in age is very small. It plays into that. No, I watched. I watched Dumb and Dumber. How old were you when Shrek came out? I don't know what years things came out. Let's look. Mm. Dumb and Dumber is ninety four, and Shrek is two thousand and one. Yeah, I mean, there's a fairly significant difference in release time there. Yeah, uh, but I would have watched Dumb and Dumber around the same time. Like, I would have watched Dumb and Dumber in the late '90s, and I would have watched Shrek in when it came out in the early 2000s. Mm. But I have very fond feelings about. I have fond nostalgic childhood feelings about both films, mm. and I feel that Shrek is the superior film. What do you think, John? I literally don't give a. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, I leave you in the warm hands and the cool embrace. Oh, read the athletic. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. You don't hey, do shit. you want to do the athletic ad? Because you don't care about this cultural conversation we're having. So maybe if you want to do the boring bit, what do you think? Well, the only link is like, if you don't give a then... No, don't, you don't, no, no, you don't need to do it like I do it. Let, imagine this is a practice for you hosting the podcast after our break when we come back. What kind of ad would you do then for the athletic? 
Like my thing yeah. is that I go, oh, it's like this. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's not. It's not funny. That's it's exactly the, how you say. The reason it's your funny thing is, is because it's stupid. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So what's your thing? You can have your own thing. You don't need. To well, segue. I think we should take this time to recommend to our listeners the Athletic website. <laughs> Why do you think that? Because we're contractually obliged to do so. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. <laughs> Well, well, then we'll do it out of the goodness of our hearts then. Right, yeah. But how would you recommend it? Come on, you've got to take this seriously because, hey, listen. Why am I being made hey, to do this hey, like hey. now? There are tens of thousands of people that listen to this podcast. In fact, if you add the YouTube numbers together, we're talking hundreds of thousands of people a lot. who rely on your clear and reasonable recommendation of athletic content. And they're going to rely on it on a weekly, weekly basis. And, hey, no fun. We're not having fun anymore. Okay. This is very serious. <laughs> Advertise The Athletic immediately. And if you have enjoyed the serious conversation that we have had so far, then there is nothing better than for you to do than to head over to The Athletic to check out some of the articles he messed, he that messed they have up there. When he, was talking. he messed it up. And... What do you mean I messed you up? You said a word in the wrong place and you've, you're about to pit start. Do it again one okay. more time. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> I believe in you. And if you value serious cultural conversation <laughs> about dumb and dumber, <laughs> then all I can do is recommend to you The Athletic's website. Go to www.theathletic.com forward slash TIFO. HTTPS HTTPS colon slash slash www.dot. That's the the period button if you're in America. Press that button and that, that will get you there. <laughs> and yeah, there's plenty of really interesting pieces on The Athletic that you can peruse. Joe, what have you read on The Athletic recently that you think is interesting? I, re- I read a really, really interesting article by David Ornstein mm. all about why Shrek is the better film <laughs> than Dumb and Dumber. And David, as you know, is one of the best connected journalists in the industry. Uh, he, he brings incredible news stories on a weekly basis and uh, it's a, you know you really learn a lot by reading his work, and that's how you know you can trust that Shrek is the better. <laughs> but you see, the thing is, because often journalists get these things wrong, and an audience does until later, when the people who really can see through the, the smoke screens and nonsense can see through to the real charm and mm. the quality of a of a film, for example, mm-hmm. like Dumb and Dumber is one example. But like The Last Jedi uh, in the Star Wars franchise, yeah, the yeah. second of the new uh-huh. films that they're making, uh-huh, uh-huh. it was. Torn apart uh-huh. by many. He said it's absolutely terrible. It's proven, yeah. as I think, to be one of the best ones in the entire series. Yeah. It's withstood the test of time. Yeah. They sort of ruined it with the third one. We've been through this before. But that's an example where I don't think it really uh, got reviewed very well, nor did people think it was good because they just do what they're told, don't they, the people? Yeah, but everyone thought Dumb and Dumber was good. I know. So what, what, what are you talking about? I just want to talk about how that movie, how I was right about uh, that. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, you might as well hand it over to the, you know, let's see what it'd be like. Oh, now so we have to leave it in the, the cool. No, 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 that's my, that's my thing. You don't have to say that. What do that. I do now? Whatever you want. You what? are unshackled. You, are, you have your own autonomy. I've you're done an, all of my You're an now. autonomous vehicle, man. And so back over to Joe for oh. his customary cool hands, warm embrace. Can we go home now, please? What should I leave it in? Mm. And now I'll leave you in the warm hands and the cool embrace. I feel as though this intro's been not that funny, so... You're not into it. nothing we can do it. You're not, you're not into it? The general apathy. The, the cool hands and the warm embrace of general oh, nice apathy. Time. 
I mean, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it, but I didn't think there was anything funny that we could latch on to. Well, the mm-hmm. good thing is that this is the last bit that will be heard on the intro before it cuts into the actual music. City have won the Premier League, haven't they? There, haven't they? Who'd have thought it? The inevitable. The and now let's not go back to the immovable object versus the immovable object. That was a tiresome conversation, wasn't it? But the team with all the good players and the good coach. You could call them the unstoppable force, couldn't you? The unstoppable force team yes, yeah. were not able to be stopped by the very movable object <laughs> that turned out to be Arsenal. Um, after 36 games played, Man City on 88 points there, a seven-point gap. They've already claimed the Premier League trophy, John. Um, bit of an assessment of their season, please, because it wasn't always so smooth sailing, was it? No, the thing with Manchester City is they always come into their own right at the end of the seasons, don't they? Um, and that was what's happened this season. I feel as though the... The story of the season is Pep Guardiola fixing problems and maybe an interesting angle that we haven't talked about yet. Well, maybe we have talked about it, but is is the fact that, you know, often the conversation about Manchester City is about the squad that they have uh, and the, the fact that they have very good players. But actually, I feel as though the difference between, for example, this season, Mikel Arteta and Pep Guardiola has been that Pep Guardiola has made the squad work in a system that fits the, the players, whereas with Arteta, we've seen them have uh, the same starting eleven for most of the first part of the season, and then when the the changes came in, I think largely kept the. <laughs> Sorry, uh, sorry, <laughs> James Richardson was on my on this chair before because <laughs> he recorded totally, and and he's a fair bit shorter than me, so I was just putting the chair down a little bit. There, I thought but... the ground had finally given up below you. <laughs> I've been waiting for that day. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know I do? I creep around in old houses, and I'm afraid. Sorry, to... you're doing you creep around in old houses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid when Hello, I use dear. a bath, if a bath on it, because you think about the weight of a bath, and then if you add me to it, yeah. it's like surely this is going to go through it's the like floorboards. <laughs> you see those films where someone goes through the floorboards in their bath. How much do you weigh compared to a bath? Which uh, film nothing, has that nothing happened? compared to a bath. With full, with full water of bath, a full bath of water. Are you heavier in the bath? No. I'm heavier than you are in the bath. I'm not heavier in the bath than I otherwise was. Yeah, but there'd be less water in the bath if you were in it. Ooh. No, that's a very that's a because very surely what point. happens is that when you all have a bath, it fills to the same level. And Would it, I don't the know the what water the relative make you float, and therefore there'd be no the gravity. density of so each of, of water versus humans you, is. But I bet it's probably not far. Do off. you know I don't often have a bath. I'm not really a bather like yourself, John. But uh, I have noticed it's a really good way of telling how fat you are is if, <laughs> if you overpour the water like to a normal person's level in a bath and then you get in it and like there's just nowhere for the water to go. That's how just I... nowhere. Like I feel a bath. I, every bit of the bath is touched by me. You know, there's no, there's no bit of bath that's not being touched by me somewhere. Do you need someone to stand over you with like a hose to make sure you get covered? I think that would be like, you know how when they transport <laughs> a free willy <laughs> back to the ancient. A beached whale. And they've just got... That's true. That's how, I, that's how I travel. They strap me to the back of a lorry and they hose me as we're going. It's good because I, I, I need to keep in. cool. Yeah, you know. Which films have 
people falling. I don't know, but it's a thing, isn't it? Map. It happens. Is it? Yeah, there it was there bath fallers. Yeah. Don't tell me this because I do bath fallers too. I fell through. But I fell through. <laughs> I fell through the bath, honey. I fell through the bath. Fell through the roof <laughs> in my bath. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they did three or four versions of that Jurassic one. Bath. Yeah. That's now right. we're on Quora, which you all know is a very uh, reliable website. Uh, do bathtubs ever fall through the floor? <laughs> Danny Clark says, uh, well, not really. <laughs> In order for something that large to fall through the floor, it would have to fall through the floor joists as well as the floorboards. That's the thing you always remember, the joists uh, are the security. But, um, well, that makes it, it has happened. a lot safer. Yeah, I bet if like, the floor was rotting because it all damp and stuff, that's well, how it felt. And this is, when I first started to worry about it, I used to live in a flat above a bank. This is true. <laughs> and <laughs> b- beneath our bathroom and kitchen was the safe, like the whole back room of the bank. You'd have been fine then, surely. It would have been, no, no, so the, th- the issue is... Um, we used to get calls from the bank, like, I don't know, once every six months to say it's, there's a massive leak in our safe again. I love the idea that we were just, like, getting our bathwater all over their money. <laughs> <laughs> but the flat was owned by the bank as well. Right. We were leasing it from them. And uh, there was one time where um, a, a particular, I don't know, bit of plug was missing, whatever. You know, the, the things that, what do they say, they screw them on to... You know, underneath the screw, you know, the screw, when you put the screw on, that it's got a washer. There was not a washer there. And uh, underneath the bath, in the space beneath, had like sort of basically filled big puddles of water for months. Yeah. And when the when the the, the 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 guy came, he lifted the side of the bath off, and he was like, "Oh yeah, all these floorboards are fucked." You know. So eventually, the joists also would have right. become damp, and you but know, you would have fallen onto the safe, which is presumably fairly well protected. Well, so. ex- and that's why the bank cared because mm. I think they were like, "We don't, you know, the this floor would be an embarrassing f- way to have a bank robbery, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, a bathing you'd man." Have through, some money. You'd have fallen through the roof, <laughs> yeah. but on the plus side, you I'm would taking have, this from yeah, my ceiling. Become yeah. fabulously rich. I would have done, yeah. The yeah. floor fell through in one of my bathrooms once. Did I was it? living in a house in Stoke Newton. Yeah, it was really funny. But no one was in it at the time, so that was fine. But it properly, it was a washer, it was loose in the sink yeah, upstairs. Yeah, yeah. So the whole thing had fell and fallen through. Oh, your ceiling or your floor? So it was like a, it was a lovely like four bedroom house, one of these things in Stoke Newton. So yeah. like the floor fell through it, a huge, massive noise. And I think one of my friends came in, saw the whole thing, was like, he didn't know it had fallen through, just came in and it was just full of all rubble. And he went, What did you eat? <laughs> <laughs> my roof fell in when I was at uni. That was quite scary yeah. in my bedroom. I was lying in bed on a Saturday morning and there was this sort of like crinkling sound and I was like, what on earth is that sound? And then a quarter of the ceiling just dropped. Wow. Holy. And it was, yeah, it was like old lath and plaster. So it was just like proper scary. chunks of... Chunks of and then after that, Joe fell on... <laughs> yeah, and Joe <laughs> rolled around. <laughs> and, oh! A naked Joe in my oh. bedroom. Amusingly, my on. ceiling fell in at university as well on account of how poorly I performed academically, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you eventually, pretty, pretty you eventually broke pretty, through that My ceiling, metaphorical ceiling. What, to get here? Yeah, look at you now. <laughs> no, come on, mate. Come on. <laughs> I should be at NASA. Yeah? Are you allowed to be at NASA if you're not American? That's just the president, isn't it? You could be at NASA if you are... You can be from anywhere, I think, to work for NASA. To work at NASA. They want the best of the best, don't they? Because they're going to yeah. get us to... They got all the space. Germans, didn't they? Back NASA? In the day. Yeah, NASA. Yes. You know, you know, know this? You've know, read no. about this before? Yeah. A lot of German scientists cross-pollination of ideas cross-pollination of ideas yeah in fact many of the the the, the greatest uh, um you know inventions and mm. uh, explorations of the 20th the uh, 20th and 21st centuries put down to that cross-pollination mm. bit of a tricky murky area nothing nothing says innovation like a world war oh yeah what were we talking about we were talking about manchester city joe oh yeah 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 and i was saying mm. that manchester city season has been 
uh, basically determined by Pep Guardiola finding the best 11 players, the best structure to fit those best 11 players in, in his squad. Yeah. Whereas with Arteta, it feels a little bit more like the tactics have been relatively um, set yeah. in stone. They, they Is that this- a reflection of like the how far through those cycles those teams and coaches are, right? Because to a certain extent, what Guardiola, how he solved his Man City problems was still in quite a Man City way, <laughs> right? You know, he's still like the bulk of his players can do whatever he wants them to. As opposed to Arsenal, who who like have you know theoretically like half or more of the squad were either predated Arteta or weren't there for that system. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but I also kind of think that the the changes that City have gone through are quite big. They they were building up with a completely different shape last season, and they um, obviously brought in Holland and things changed. And I guess the whole of this season has been an attempt to solve the problem of of, of what happens when you have a, a traditional nine when you've had like a false nine for for years and years and years or you played in that sort of way um and i think this is why we we, we've mentioned this before in the last couple of weeks so i won't dwell on it too much but it's why guardiola is so good at what he does because he's constantly able to innovate and is able to solve the problems that his squad presents him Mm. whereas i feel like with again with arteta i think arteta has changed things like obviously the first half of the season they were able to play with that fairly settled 11 um in the second half of the season they did try and solve some problems so they bring in players like trossard and they bring in a player like Jorginho. yeah Uh, that is an attempt to start you know finding solutions to those problems but at this point it just it hasn't really worked out whereas with I, th- I feel like with with Guardiola, it was almost the other way around. It was the, the conundrum was there from the, from the beginning, and they've slowly worked to a situation where they've been able to play John Stones as a as a, as a sort of holding midfielder who can drop back in in between the lines in defensive transitions. So, um, but this is what Pep does, right? He he, they always sort of march towards the finish line because it feels like everything just aligns towards the end of the season. Mm. I mean, do you think, therefore, JJ, that that means that, it, you know, people have been having the conversation already, is this the, the um, you know, the best iteration of, of Pep's Man City? Is that, a, is that a good question? Or is that, like, as John says, is it kind of context dependent, right? Like, this is the best version for the problems they encountered this season? Yes. Or do you think when you add Haaland to it, it's, it's just, okay, well, this is worlds different from last year? Um... I mean, obviously, that's quite difficult to answer. You can't really give a definitive one. But if you think what Guardiola said about Barcelona when he was there is that all he really did was build everything so he'd get the ball to Messi because Messi would then score. Mm. And he's talked about Holland in similar terms and saying that he's one of these special players that will guarantee you loads of goals. And he, and he is. So you get the ball to him in a certain right situation. You look after him and you'll just win games because... Although it might sound like what Guardiola does is very complex, it's actually very simple. He just puts really good players on the pitch, make sure they have the environment and the structure to score and win and not concede goals, and they do. Yeah. And so this version of what he's managed to get is, like, it seems like the best version they've got because they have that special player in addition to what they had. Last year they were amazing with that 4-4-2, two false nines. Yeah. Controlled games completely dominated it. The season they got 100 points, you could argue that was the best ever. But then the competition around them maybe got better, perhaps not this season because they didn't have Liverpool against them. But then that Klopp team that won the league probably wasn't as good as the one that finished second to City the season before, or after whichever way we were and was. Mm. So I think it well, doesn't really matter. <laughs> if you were looking at, at the results alone, yeah. and obviously we're speaking prematurely because they haven't won the FA Cup yet and they haven't won the Champions League yet, Ish. you would assume they will win both of those games and, and, and win a treble. I mean, when we're looking back at football seasons years on in the future, 
presumably we say, well, this this is the moment where it properly clicked. Yeah, and the you measure teams by the trophies that they win, right? Because you think of like the best ever Man United team was that ninety nine treble winning. It probably wasn't actually the best ever one, but it's because yeah. they achieved it. Therefore, they are. And when you look through history, there's that captain class book that I've talked about a few times before, where you look through the best teams in the world were and what um, they're the really successful ones like the Chicago Bulls or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you've got a um, certain players who are in there who are the captain. So I don't know what I'm trying to really say here, but this Man City team is obviously one of the best we've ever seen in the Premier League. Mm. If they win the Champions League as well. Who is the captain, by the way? Uh, Gundogan. Is it Gundogan? Yeah. Okay. Who, I don't know if he'd qualify for the, the water carrier role of it because he's, like mm. he's like a really good player. Because normally it's a player that isn't, is actually quite limited technically, but is a really good, in this captain class thing I'm talking about, in case you don't know yeah. about but the, the, the thing that links all these players as a captain who has that, you can maybe say Fernandinho would have been back in that day. Maybe Gundogan does count. I don't know. Mm. What was the question? Well, I'll move on anyway uh, to say, um, you know, something I think is interesting about this Man City team, John, is that they don't really appear to do transitions in the way, you know, transitional seasons, I mean, in the way that lots of other elite teams do. And we had a conversation last week where we talked about every other elite team and where they are right now. Obviously, you know, in the context of Man City probably going to win the Champions League. Very disrespectful to Inter fans to say that, but but I will say that. I'm happy to be wrong. Um, but if you think about, you know, where Barcelona are, this season, sure, they've won La Liga, but they're not a hugely impressive team. They have insurmountable financial problems that are going to cause them issues, you know, numerous times this summer and probably next summer as well. Real Madrid are seemingly at the end of a bit of a of an epoch or an era. We've had conversations about whether they need to, you know, change their approach in terms of the selection of a new manager. Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea and Liverpool, miles off so far this season. Man United look like they're starting to rebuild, but they've been in that phase, you know, three times before and it hasn't worked out uh, in the post-Ferguson era. And then you look at the teams in Italy. Juve obviously suffered that points deduction, have had it um, reinstated, but they're still a million miles away. And PSG seem nowhere closer to winning the Champions League final or probably further away than they did a few years ago. Um, There's a massive absence of... Uh, elite teams doing exactly what they're supposed to do at this time. And that's not to take away from Manchester City's achievement. But as far as I can see it, they're the only team that are doing what you would expect them to at the top of their game this season. And that seems really unusual. I think the thing with City, as you've said, is that they don't go through that cycle, right? It feels as though they are just constantly... Or maybe it feels as though they go through it in the course of a season. Well, they they went through it in the first half of the season and they're still winning in the treble, right? And I think that that comes back to what we were saying before about the difference between Guardiola and Arteta. And look, I think Arteta will... He's a great manager and I think he will be on that pep trajectory where he will be able to solve those problems as time goes by and it's easy to forget that this is the first managerial appointment that he's had so it's no slight on him but what you usually get with with clubs is a manager lands on a system that works with players that work in that system and they burn that system the, the players out in that system and then it what happens is they realize they've come to a point where they need to regenerate the squad and it can be like again bringing in the sorts of players to fill in the slots in that system maybe tweak the system slightly mm. but you have that rise and fall where where you you get everything working for a couple of seasons and then it, then it drops off and yeah. pretty much every premier league team in the last few years who's done anything have have done that um and i feel as though with 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 pep guardiola because he is so driven by this concept of we're never as you're only as good as your last win or whatever it, it is he's constantly thinking what's the next step 
Um, we can let players move on. We we talked last week on the podcast about how the left back position was quite interesting in insofar as they the city obviously had Zinchenko last season they started this season with Joao Cancelo by January both those two players had gone they were left with Sergio Gomez and and rather than that being an issue Pep has used it to arrive at the system that he's arrived at now where he's not yeah. playing left backs he's playing outside center backs and actually there was a an interesting conversation with him on Sky yesterday uh, after the game where he said this season was the season where I realized that in order to overcome these these dangerous battles with players like Saka or Salah or Martinelli or um, he mentioned someone else I can't remember who it was but basically these these elite players who can cause you problems he said this is, I found the solution here is to have players who win their one v one duels in that defensive yeah. unit and he's going to buy Wamba Saka <laughs> yeah may have, maybe but I think that's I, I think that's really fascinating because he he said in that interview. All it takes is one moment. It's Vinicius Junior, obviously, like the the the, the player who's caused some the most problems, I would say, in the last few seasons. But um, when you have a player like that, all it takes is two or three moments, and those and and you're out of the Champions League. Mm. Um, and so he's he's now moved in in the last season, I think, to the system now where he's got essentially five centre backs in his build up unit. Yeah. Um, and we've seen them basically sail through. The Champions League off the back of that. So, yeah, yeah I, th- I, think- I think also if you if you go back to what you were saying about the the players who left, you can say you know Zinchenko wants to go and start somewhere. Fair enough. I don't. It, it doesn't appear to me that Joao Cancelo's um, departure was inte- in, you know intentional or necessarily even foreseen. Right, that was an odd one. So it, what you're actually saying is that Guardiola like makes a success out of like a, a potential issue, right? Mm. Like another manager might look at that as a crisis and then be saying at the end of the season, well, I had no control over that. These players left and, you know, yeah. whereas what he does is turn a possibly negative situation into a super, super positive one. And Cancelo last season was a really big part of the way that they yep. played. It would be like Manchester United losing Luke Shaw yeah. midway through a season. Which like they it's... do every eight weeks, I think, <laughs> for eight weeks. But Cancelo thing's interesting as well because it shows that it's not just the tactics of Guardiola, it's only a small part of it. It's that also the man management and squad management that he does. Like One of his squad management, man management things is constant rotation of players as in they don't all play 38 games, they yeah. play maybe 24 with some subs. They, they rotate so they get on a lot of the same games and that was the issue with Cancelo was that yeah. he wants to play every game he came out of the World Cup he'd been on the bench for the last two of Portugal's games I think so he was unhappy uh, this is on Sam Lee's piece about this whole season right <clears throat> excuse me and he talks about uh, how he came back unhappy from the World Cup then he was in a bad mood which you don't really want in your squad and then uh, wasn't starting for Man City and it became this this reciprocal thing where because he wasn't um, getting in the team, he was training badly. So because he was training badly, he wasn't getting in the team. Mm-hmm. And so it was becoming a nuisance. And so that's when they shipped him out to Bayern Munich because he wanted yeah. to trail play the game. So you go out and that fixes a sort of bad atmosphere. And apparently that then made sure that any other players who had similar thoughts, like, why am I not starting every game? I should be. I'm amazing. They lost their ally. A Sir Alex Ferguson style thing of showing that you're the one in charge, so you cement yeah. your authority, and then they listen to what you say. And then there were some other bits about, um, I think it's Ruben Diaz and uh, Gundogan. I think it's those who had like a team meetings, and they said that we need to make sure we're ruthless and we'll win all these games. And it's the, the players self-organized and motivated themselves. Yeah, which again, you, you create the parameters for that to happen. That's how you then create that. Uh, I don't know what the word for it is the galvanizing of the yeah, team. Yeah, so they sure. push forward, and they didn't lose a game since the Forest one. They, they lost yeah. a Forest, or they drew a Forest, and then they. Powered Powered all the way through. Through. I mean, yeah. it's funny you said about, you know, the rotation element. You'd be forgiven for thinking that when Manchester City played Chelsea this weekend and started a, a lot of younger players and a lot of bench players, 
that you know Mares amongst that starting eleven, you'd be forgiven for thinking he wasn't hugely important this season. <laughs> he was hugely important. Uh, there, I mean, there are games within the last three months where he's been absolutely critical to them winning the title. But you'd be forgiven for not thinking that, right? Because of the extent of the of the rotation, and, it, it and that's, that's me... one of the best things. Obviously, they are afforded the ability to do that, and I am sure that people listening now are screaming into their phones. You know, what about the charges? What about the charges? Yeah, I fucking know. I know. We've talked about it loads before. I don't know what you want us to do. We have to wait for them to to the, the appeal to occur. We have to talk about it as the facts. This actually a thing <laughs> that we're required to do. I know. I also feel similarly. But at the yeah. same time, regardless of how it happened, it's happened. And, uh, you know, it's a bit like when you think of... Um, I like to think of it in a similar way as, you know, let's say throughout the history of the Olympics, Steve Hankey, I'm looking at you because you're the one that might stop me halfway through this. There are, there are accusations and in some cases founded accusations of doping, right? And part of me thinks, just let them do it. I want to fucking see how fast they can go with all the, you know. So whatever's happened here, charges or not, appeal ongoing, we will discuss as the facts emerge. Kind of like it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see the best possible football team. That's what I want to yeah, see. Like and I feel sounds... like this season, I've seen one of the best possible football teams of all time. That that is that is a separate thing from all of the ongoing context, and both can be true at the same time. What do you think about that, Steve? Thank you. Um, I think it does have the possibility of an asterisk, right? Yes, yeah. that is the thing, and I'm not sure they are wholly inseparable. But I think your point is valid because we have to say. The charge is ongoing. City to deny the charges. He's an Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, City deny the charges. Yeah, of course. Man City deny the charges. That's the thing that we do have to say. Yeah. Uh, but the charges are there. Mm-hmm. We'll see in the fullness of time where that goes. Yeah, we will. And that's pretty much all we probably can say before. Sure. I think it is worth mentioning at this point that we only ever talk about the teams for whom it works out. Right, right. Um, which which makes a degree of sense because like who cares if you cheat and you're shit at it, but yeah. on the on the other hand, I do feel as though they, this what's happened in the Premier League has been a slippery slope, right? Which is we we found a league in which we try to get financial advantages yeah. to invite people in who are going to put money into it in order to generate what is going to be a product which will be viewed by potentially billions of people yes and the whole idea was we want this to be a a form of entertainment we want the premier league to be the best form of entertainment for football and therefore encouraged people to 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 spend money on it and i just feel as though what we're at now is the sort of final end of that thin end of the wedge right which is because the the old the the counter to that argument i know you're not making the argument but the counter to that would be to say okay well you know Man City have won the last five of the last six Premier Leagues, right? We're in dangerous territory here where it's quite fun and, and smug as a, as a fan of the Premier League to point at others and say, well, look, Bayern have won 11 years in a row, PSG win every year, yeah. whatever. That's quite a fun thing to do. And, and it's clear why uh, it's better in a league where that's not the case, right? But that argument that that doesn't happen in the Premier League has been harder and harder to make over the last five years. Well, and- yeah, yeah, and if you know, can you see any Bayern other team not, winning it? Bayern next may year? not win the Bundesliga this season. Of course, very, in which case, but in the Premier Bayern League, can you see Bayern any team other than Man City winning the next? last six? Right, and sure. if Man City have won this league, so they've won five out of the last six. That's yeah. exactly the same turn of yeah. events in is the there, last is six years. Is there any scenario where they don't win it next season? I think there's, it's possible. Yeah, it's not. Possible. I just think this Man City team will be one of the best ever, in the same way that like the red. Um, 
the Red Bulls. The Chicago Bulls will be think, thought of that, mm. and like the Red Sox. The Chicago Red Bulls. Yes, Chicago Red Bulls. I'm sorry about that. Chicago Red Bulls. Salzburg. But that's it. Like it's Michael the Wings Jordan. You've got an incredibly well assembled squad that is managed basically perfectly with the probably one of the best, if not the best, manager of all time, or whatever you call it, right? And then amazing individual players who play as a team. So all the things you need of a functioning team are there, as opposed to simply individual stars. But they have one of those as well. So all the components of the best ever teams, like the Bulls had Michael Jordan but like who else did they have well Phil Jackson always said it was Scotty Pippen it was a real key yeah, to that there you go. players like Dennis who Rodman as well Dennis very Robin. important who were the other two Rodman Pippen Larry Bird Larry Bird get out Bird. of here uh, who is, I can't remember the names I've run out of I've small short oh Everson the shooting Alan guard. Everson Alan Iverson was not in. Alan Everson. Ah, oh, he's the Swedish Alan Everson. <laughs> but then, like, you could say. Toby like, Bryant. No, stop saying no. random basketballers' names. I've, you know I mean? The old best teams of all time. Right? Of course. Yeah. They're all Luka blacks, Doncic. Like rugby. Yeah. <laughs> they're all there. All the lads. <laughs> anyway, I think this, this city team could be that. And all the stuff in the background, we'll see what happens with that, with yeah. charges and stuff. Um, Adam uh, Crafton, an interesting tweet talking about how the medals were being handed out two man city players by the same. <laughs> Organization who are then trying to charge them of 115 separate. This is almost what this is what I was saying charges. is that the, the Premier League, the Premier League benefits from Manchester City being the one of the best teams, if not the best team ever. Does right? it though? Yes, because they the it, Premier it, League wants to present. It, where's a, the line? A product like the pro- surely the product is better when it's more competitive at the top. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, this is an aesthetic argument that we could we could have, but yeah. the, the way that they've determined it's, it's, that the, that the league is going to be best is by having the most money in the league, so the best players go to the league, yeah, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, regardless of whatever line side of the line side of the line we fall on with the aesthetics, that's yeah. that's the context that has been generated, I think, and the FFP regulations, which is what uh, a lot of uh, this comes down to, right, being being thrown back, were originally designed to stop clubs from going out of business rather than clubs, sure. you know, manipulating them, them at the other end. I, I just think it's just such a, it, it's such a, it's so easy to be cut and dried and be like Man City cheated, as yeah. though that doesn't have knock-on implications for every other club in in you know, English football because the the entanglement that goes all the way through the rest of English football is there, right? Engl- English football, yes, has has dubiousness all the way running through it, but that started in 1992. It didn't start when a Middle Eastern uh, Emirati decided to invest in in a in a in a in a a football club and like okay well it's bad like there's so much there's lots of bad things none of us are without sin but i feel as though it's it's weird that we have ended up at this point where we we feel as though the only way we can talk about this is by highlighting the worst example of it and then everyone everyone else sort of gets off scot-free i admire you but i feel like that's an unpopular opinion potentially but i i I feel as though to have people upset with you in your tweets in your twitter I mean, people can people people do get upset with me either way, but I, I know. they certainly do. Yes, I I just I I kind of feel as though the, when where things started going wrong was when what happened in, in the early nineties was that the control was taken away from the fans and football clubs. And I say this all the time, but a football club was a, a group of people who had a vested interest in a team doing well for whatever reason right they all went to the same sunday school or they all were working at the same brewery or something that mm. those were clubs of people who came together in order to play football and to watch football and i think in the 90s rich people basically took control of those clubs mm. and made them into you know they started that process whereby we could end up at this situation where you know states own football clubs or rich uh, uh, you know 
oligarchs in Russia or rich American businessmen who can they can come in and they can treat a football club like a product. And I feel as though the, absolutely we should have these arguments about what Man City have done and whether or not it's wrong, etc. But I feel as though the context is so much broader than just did Man City cheat to create the best football club in the world. Mm. And I don't know, as a football fan, and look, I'm part of the problem as well, right? Marcelo Bielsa gave his opening press conference to the as, as coach of the Uruguay national team he said he's basically saying football is for the fans you know the, you should have a relationship between the players and the and the, the fans themselves and there's groups of people in between those you have the, the coaching staff you have journalists uh, and you have owners and stuff and he said all those all of those three groups are terrible because they they actually you know they pull apart the the relationship between what you know, that pure relationship between players mm. and fans fans want to watch their players play for their their club and and, and do well and I feel as though I'm I'm part of the problem because I spend my time analysing this stuff and making it less pure. I don't know. Mm, you you are your impurity. That's what you are. It's, I, I don't know. It's, it's just if if we're going to focus on the bad taste of one thing, we actually is should. This, is we this should very turn eloquent? The, what a boundary. No, I think we we should turn that we should turn the the light onto onto all of football and say there are things about every area of football now in the professional game. Well, apparently it's Arsene Wenger was attributed as coining the phrase financial doping back in 2005 when he was talking about Chelsea specifically mm. and then later Man City and Real Madrid. Yeah. It's been around for a while, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I just thought I'd contribute to the conversation a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I'm real smart. You're a real smart guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone was suggesting that... Um, there's no other financial doping. Right, no, I think. of course. I think you know, I think some people are reasonably sort of they think, well, you know, if in the world where and of course Man City deny the charges, but in a world where they cheated, that's a bit unfair because uh, maybe the other the other one didn't cheat, and then it would be unfair. That's kind of it. I think that's. Sort I think of what I don't know how we express this. Maybe this is enough to do it, but we have to be clear in terms of what's a moral objection to what is happening mm. and what the actual rules, as they are, say. Yeah. Yeah. And in this, in the, in the context of this whole conversation, to sort of put a legally binding bow on it, the accusations against Man City are that the rules that do exist have been breached. Those are the yes. accusations. Whether the rules are, the Premier League have and have had should have been or and should be tighter. Yes. is an ongoing moral question, but we should That's make true. that distinction between what He's the actual laws are. And I obviously, that. I obviously no, agree with that as well. But it also, it does feel as though like a lot of the financial rules have just sort of been bolted on as, yeah. a, as an afterthought, right? To be like, oh, we can't allow rampant expenditure. What happens with it now is like to twenty twenty five, something like seventy percent of your. Uh, that's what you, how much you spend on of wages. Your body is water. Like Oh no, that's that's right. In 2025, your body will be 70 percent water. I think it is unless now. you're in a bath. Unless you're in a bath. <laughs> unless point, the bath has dropped through the floor, in which it case 30. Because obviously, when you're falling, it changes the. Well, when you fall, generally you turn into water. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So gravity. That's works. what waterfall yeah. means, yeah. right? Exactly. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, it's worth it's worth saying for listeners that uh, this wasn't in our plan to talk about that. But based on the number of um, required legal interventions from producer Steve Hankey, you, you know, lots of people don't understand. You know, it's hard to talk about. <laughs> it's hard to do it. So when you listen to not just us, but when you listen to other podcasts or you read stuff or you, you know, I don't know, whatever. If, they're, if the place is big enough that they are theoretically exposed to being sued for, for libel 
then just think twice before you leave a comment saying, you support everything that anyone bad has ever done because you didn't mention the thing that I fucking think. Oh, by the way, also, oh, I'm on the way out now. There's only three episodes left, isn't there? Not everything that people say has to reflect exactly what you think, you egocentric cretins. Good Lord. Not most of the TIFO listeners, I should be clear. And the TIFO listeners all deny the accusation. But I make it anyway. God <laughs> damn it. Not TIFO listeners. But you know, a lot of people out there, you didn't say this thing. No. Fuck off. You know? Do you know how this podcast is on the way out, yet your job does remain within the company? <laughs> oh, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. One more thing I want to say, though, is that uh, The Athletic haven't shut us down. I have seen those comments. But again... They're unfounded. I can understand why you, why one might think that, living in the 21st century and all. Um, but it, re- it really is. I won't say our decision because JJ will shake his head at me. But it, it really was it, my decision. No one's forced us to, to do this. So don't worry about it. And don't blame the poor people at The Athletic. Anyway, let's have a break now. And when we come back, I'm going to do some comments for you from last week. Mostly for you, some for you, but at, specifically at you. Yeah, John? Okay. All right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Yes, welcome back. What a lovely break that was. Now... There was some hard-hitting talk on last week's TIFO podcast. You were here, JJ. You was maybe I? you remember. Yeah, you oh, were here. Seb, Seb was, was here, here too. Yeah. It was all a whole thing. But that some things were said that the audience really responded to. And I'll start with a nice one for you, John. I can't even remember what we talked about They mostly week. relate to the same thing. And I think okay. when I start talking about it, you'll realize the seriousness of the, of the situation, of, of what you've done. But I'll start with someone that supports your belief. Okay. This is from Tristan, commented under the YouTube video, Tristan, last week. 100%. The Eagles could have just flown to Mount Doom. (laughs) I agree, John. That's Tristan, yeah? I regret to inform you, Tristan is the only supporting voice for your opinion. Because Sam Willification says, what about the Nazgul? Hmm? The archers defending Mordor. The ring's ability to corrupt powerful beings more quickly. The fact that the eagles refuse to help anyway. I can't have this, Tristan. Yeah. Right. So the thing, my response to Luke this Luke W would says be... yes, they would have been killed before they even got close to Mount Doom. Samuelification, a separate comment, <laughs> says shocked, shocked by John's use of tired, long debunked. Lord of the Rings plot holes, long debunked, says Samuelification. Thought better of him. Props to Joe for the staunch defence. Yeah? Any more? Yeah, there's plenty more. Uh, Arthur Ishwood Moat says, I can't be more on Joe's side (laughs) about the matter of the eagles. The diversion of Aragorn's last stand to preoccupy the Nazgul and therefore remove Sauron's deterrent of air combat is also pertinent. 
We all saw the Nazgul's Mount. You saw it, JJ, didn't you? I've not seen this. The Nazgul's Mount in Pelennor Fields at the Battle of Minas Tirith. You saw that one, yeah? And the Dead Marshes where Frodo and Sam and Gollum saw the Nazgul Mount. Big dragon sort of thing, yeah? Do people honestly think that the uh, the massive lizard... Now you're involved. Now you're into it, yeah? A huge <laughs> flying lizard, JJ. Is do there? people really think that a huge flying lizard monster ridden by an undead spirit would have a hard time shredding up an eagle or two, yeah? Conveniently forgotten by many who preached the idea. I didn't know John. about the giant lizard. D-Night Walker. I'm bored of this now if I'm... The reason they can't use the eagles is because the eagles are intelligent, sentient beings. These are all different theories, but they're all makes sense. It's a really crummy plan. Can eagles talk? using intelligent, sentient beings to achieve ends. Flying into the hobbits are famously not intelligent, sentient beings. So now, Callum Boland says... Uh, Frodo had the ring uh, because it corrupts more powerful beings intensely. The whole point is mm. that Frodo was one of the only characters that w- could resist the okay. corruption of the ring. Very important point. So they couldn't just give it to the eagles. They couldn't just give it to the eagles, could they? You know. Anyway, uh, Kesav Lakotia, <laughs> this one's a more general one, says, This podcast isn't good to hear now because there seems to be a lack of seriousness in the conversation, <laughs> especially by Joe Devine. Despite you guys discontinuing the podcast, I wish it it was a serious one and good quality, yeah. <laughs> which is good because it will it will be, it will be <laughs> yeah. um, win. Am I allowed, have, have I got the right to reply to this to the, the Lord of the Rings bits? Yes. Yeah, go on then. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. So the, my first point would be one: Lord of the Rings is made up. It is a story. So so like How if he wanted to, if he wanted to, J.R.R. Tolkien. Could have just made the eagles do that. Such right? a bad argument. Isn't okay, it? so that's that's point one. Such an academic. Uh, actually, I think uh, nihilism <laughs> exists. Nothing's real, so your meaning doesn't even matter. No, I mean, we, you've, don't move the goalpost. Don't be a goalpost why, mover. The goalposts are where they are. People, people say to me, you know, this, this get is out of my true. garden. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people say to me, "Get out of my garden." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, no, uh, the the other thing is, is that I'm not, I'm mm. not necessarily. I was, I admit, I was trotting out. A tired old trope. A plot hole. Largely because I knew it would annoy people this much. And it did. And now um, look, it's come back to annoy you, hasn't it? It's not it's not annoying me, no. But what well, I would get, say let's is carry that on. in terms of in terms of the eagles, yeah. I'm not bothered about the eagles doing it. Send a different bird. Send a less majestic bird. Your argument. <laughs> send a less majestic your bird. Your argument. Send, send, like, send a less. It's not my send argument. Send a less intelligent, no, sentient one bird. Of four arguments. That's just one bit. Okay, one get argument. A giant fucking right. swan. The, the hobbits have to do it because they can't get corrupted, right? Wind so send, says send on the a YouTube really comments quick bird, underneath. which is famously. John has definitely said Schadenfreude on this podcast before. True. Yes, you have. No. You claimed you'd never said it before. Receipts are Here's a nice one from Dylan Blue. Nice to see Seb back. That's true. That is nice. With some actual adult behaviour and insight. <laughs> yeah. The other three are getting sillier and more in-jokey every week. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And uh, while they might be having fun among themselves... We're not. <laughs> let, it be, let me state the record, we are not having fun. It looks pretty stupid after a while. Yeah. It's probably for the best that they're ending this podcast, if that's the level they're pitching at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, all I'm That's saying is, oh no, there's one. All I'm more. saying is, is that <laughs> hobbits are like the worst creatures that you're going to send. There's plenty of humble creatures yeah. who can make their way to Mount Doom that are much more mobile than hobbits. 
Sauron's main goal was to find the ring, yeah? He was convinced that he had to just wait out until someone was corrupted by it and they would, you know, bring the ring to him. Only a few could actually bend it to their will. That was his biggest fear. He was worried about that. So when this guy says, when Aragorn arrives at the gates of Mordor, Sauron believes... Aragon has the ring. And these, so he, he, these characters he, he pushes are so all one-dimensional. Of his, is Sauron the big eye? Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So That's how does it have a ring then? Well, indeed, very confusing. Where does it put Have you ever ring? heard of the Holy Spirit? Indeed, I have heard yeah. of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> have you heard of Jesus does, Christ? I have heard of Jesus Christ. What about yes. God? Have you heard of God? Indeed, I have heard. Yeah. Have oh, you heard God. about them? They're a holy trinity. It's God the Father, you should technically say, because all three are technically God, according to. Well, that's what I'm about to say. They're all God. And how could they have a ring? But they do. Have you ever seen Jesus' ring? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. No. No? Does he wear a ring? <laughs> so uh, Dortmund w- might win the Bundesliga. Uh... <laughs> All I'm saying is... I think that's why he emptied his lands and tried to kill everyone. Why didn't Tolkien put Jesus in Lord of the Rings? If they flew... Because it's kind of Jesus-y. I mean, you I know, he could fly. Sort of like, you know, he, could, like... he could have flown to Mount Doom and done whatever he did to Sauron. He, he certainly would have walked over the marshes to get there. Water. Maybe he could have yeah. stopped Sauron from being evil with love. Do you think he would have done a better job? Jesus? Yeah. don't know. Someone, someone's going to come across and tell me that Jesus is the manifestation of Manway, the original mm. divine being in Lord of the Rings, and therefore he can't Manway. fight against Nazgul because everyone knows that the deep, deep lore that no one's read... <laughs> State something and, and I that's like it. that idea though. Jesus is like a, a superstar, but on his trump trump card, weakness, Nazgul, <laughs> yeah, exactly. which is what basically is on the Eagles trump yeah, card. Yeah, it's 100% on the Eagles trump card. That's Nazgul, how it works, man. Yeah. Uh, Nazgul anyway. beat everything. So, what was the lizard? The, the Nazgul's mount. Let's talk about something else unbelievable now because uh, it, it turns out we're going into the final day of the season, JJ, the Bundesliga season. Oh, yeah. Borussia Dortmund leading the way. Now, what did you make of their performance over the weekend? Pretty good, I thought. Um, Bayern, I mean, surprised that they've dropped so many points. I mean, I looked at a lot of Dortmund this year as well, you know, in a, a TIFO IRL video, which did not perform well. And so it's interesting to, then I saw the starting lineup for the, uh, the game. Uh-huh. Before Sebastian Allier, they were not that great. Since Sebastian right. Allier has come back into the side after um, overcoming testicular cancer. Yes. Like, mad props to Especiana there. Yeah. That's a difficult thing to do. They have been much, much, much better. And they, I think if you look at the, the league tables side by side, like before Allaire's back and after, I think Bayern dropped to about third or fourth and Dortmund are top with, I think it's, is it Leipzig below them? I can't remember. Mm. Anyway, basically, he's uh, helped them with this massive like push towards... Who do you think Alderberg's best player was? Alderberg's best player? <laughs> I'd have to say Engels. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay, that's actually true. And uh, how many points did Borussia Dortmund have? Uh, the most. Yeah. Um, 70, I think. When JJ came into the room today, he said to me and John, when Steve Hankey wasn't listening, what did he say? What did you say, JJ? I haven't watched any football this yeah. weekend. And what did I say? He went, fucking hell. <laughs> then I said I was going to ask you difficult questions about oh, yeah. it. You've and I said, look how I win. You have done quite a good job. But you've done a good job in that way where like, you read an article and you think, that's good. And then like, five minutes later, you go, I didn't say anything. Well, that's what a lot of podcasts do. I know. It's one of the reasons we need to end yeah. the show. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they should have sent Sebastian Allaire with the ring to Mount Doom. Seeing you think as he's he would have been better great than guy. an eagle? 
Yeah, maybe. I don't know what's on his trump card. Now's school. No, keep the bit going. <laughs> Do more. I I'm think tired. That, I've I tired. think that was a successful I've tired, bit. I'm tired of the bit. Try more. Try one more time. Yeah, yeah, give it another go. Who do I think is the best footballer no, no, to I'm carry the ring to that Andy. one? That bit was a bit flat when it came in. You didn't get a laugh I, from the I've, room. But just try, try no, uh, keep I, going to I try was, and get another one. I wasn't aiming to get a laugh. Mm. What were you trying to get? I was aiming to have some sort of catharsis. Did you feel in it? In this room, yes. I feel much better now. Are there women hobbits? Yeah. Hmm. Of course there are. Wobbits. Are there female wizards? Uh, Witches. Witches. I don't know. There aren't any in the films. There are, oh, I guess there are magical elves that also do magic that are women. Mm. But who could say? So, yeah, this would be the first time that Bayern haven't won the Bundesliga <laughs> in, like, 11 the 11-12 season. Have you notice how Steve's yeah. started to try to do my job? Now there's only three episodes left. He thinks I've lost it. I'm doing it on purpose. purpose yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm doing it to upset him. Yeah. What was that, Steve? Say it again. Um, this would be... <laughs> I'm Steve Hanky. I want to leave the office at a reasonable time. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, that, is, that is true, though, Steve. That's very true. Very true. And this was exciting. I actually turned off the uh, Chelsea uh, uh, City game yesterday. Boring, all already decided. I don't want to watch people lift a trophy. I want to watch people maybe lift a trophy. Uh, and, of course, Bayern Munich uh, dropping on Saturday, dropping points against Leipzig. They went 1-0 up. And then Leipzig won 3-1. Big game, big results. Bayern fell apart a little bit. Um, Borussia Dortmund played uh, Augsburg on Sunday, John, with the possibility that if they won that game, they would be in the command position for the final day of the Bundesliga season, which is next week. I believe they play... Who do they play? Who's in the final game? You got it in the thing here? Who are Bayern playing? Oh, yeah, no, here we go. Bayern are away at Köln. Köln. And <laughs> Dortmund are at home to Mainz. Mm. Mainz nil fünf. It's very exciting, isn't it? Yeah, Do you remember so that it bit? is possible. Hold on one second, just let me wrap up because otherwise Steve will be able to. Do it was the on thing. this. Like, it was on uh, the point, the overall point, is that if Dortmund win their game next week, they will be the Bundesliga champions, and that hasn't happened for eleven years. That any other team apart from Bayern has. Very exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. What's his name? Nagelsmann's done a very good job. Right. Well, yeah. he's gone now, isn't he? Do you know, um, I talked about this in a, a, a relatively recent podcast talking about how like VAR uh, has changed a lot of things that maybe mm. you just don't notice. And one of them is that game, I can't remember the team they lost to, but they had two penalties overturned. The same player was booked for diving and they were both definite penalties. Right. Which then meant Bayern lost that game. And that one game alone, which they would definitely have won because they were already winning, it was not for... It's, it just never happens, right? If, if you don't get these penalties... Do you think it was a good thing? I think it's good, yeah, because it's VAR, fair. VAR, it's what uh, should oh, happen. You made it sound like they should have got the penalties. They did get the penalties. That's the whole point. Is the, the, oh. I can't remember the team, sorry. It was, it's a VAR bad... overturned bad uh, refereeing decisions. Yeah, I wish I could remember who it was. It's really bad of me to, not to remember that. But they, there was two penalties where the player goes down uh, and the referee immediately, immediately, without even thinking about it, books him, the same player, for diving two separate times. You're talking about Bayern. The team playing against Bayern. Yes, 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 yes. yes. No, no, but I, I just mean as opposed as to the Bayern team. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. overall, ultimately, this was Leverkusen. Wasn't Leverkusen was that what it was? Yeah, ultimately, okay. it hasn't made any difference, right? Because they, they they still don't have enough points to win. Yes, it does. Because if Bayern had won that, they would have three extra points and they would be top. But Bayern did win that. They didn't. They lost. But you said they got the penalties. Leverkusen got the penalties. Oh, that's so, so VAR works for the. Sorry, well that's my fault. You've really confused me. Well, that's my fault. But that, what I meant to say then, to some, to try and do it better, not like an idiot, yeah. is that the lesser teams tend not to get the 
the decisions, I think, by referees because it's lots of psychological factors, I think, play into giving mm. the big teams. I'm not sure I would agree with that. Just to make clear, that's your... Oh, that's my, that's one of my like opinion. your sort of theories. I can't factually back it up. Yeah. Having watched a lot of Scottish football, I'm pretty sure it's right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and so Leverkusen managed to beat Bayern Munich in this game. And I strongly suspect from all the many, many football matches I've watched in the past that they would not have beaten them were it not for them getting those two penalties, which yeah. they were denied and they were given a yellow card for simulation. That one game alone, that like VAR being in place, the might mean maker. that it's equal for Dortmund to be able to then beat Bayern. And sure, over time, it'll maybe balance out and people won't get their things, but mm. just just do my little VAR defensive bit. And that's why it works for people who support smaller clubs, because you get a bit of fairness. Yeah, No, it's good. I like it for that reason. Um, John, should we talk about Edin Terzic? who is the, the Dortmund coach. Because also, I mean, it's kind of an odd thing, isn't it? We made a video about Dortmund at the very beginning of the season which where you talked about what they would have to do to, to win the Bundesliga. And your point within that video was that, A, they sort of need Bayern to fuck up and they need to have an incredible season. They, both of those things need to be true, right? And actually what's happened is they were really rubbish for the whole first half of the season and they just went on an incredible run. Yeah, and, and look, Bayern have fucked this up. I've just looked through yeah, yeah. the last time Bayern, if they win at the weekend, get seventy-one points um, That's total, bad. which is they have it, the, the last time they were that bad was in 2010-11 season when they finished third in the league and they only got sixty-five points. So, Obviously, they play fewer games than the Premier League. There's only eighteen teams sure. in the Bundesliga. Yeah. So, but that, that's you know it's it's been well over a decade since they performed as badly in terms of points. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in terms of, of, of what Ed and Terzic has done is that I think post, post-World Cup is he's landed on a system that works quite nicely for, um, for, for Dortmund, um, which is they, they play in this, this, they play in this sort of 4-4-1-1-ish four, 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 shape, but in possession, they drop Emery Chan out of 4-1-4-1, uh, one, one, I should say. So they're playing Emery Chan as a pivot player, drop him into between the two centre-backs, which allows them to push the full-backs forward. Uh, and then they, they usually push, I think, Adiemi into the into the front line as well. So they they sort of end up in a 3-5-2-ish shape in um, in possession. Um, and that, that works quite nicely for them because they, they are going to play quite transitional football. Uh, and so the, the ability to drop Emery Chan out and give them a little bit of support for their fullbacks pushing forward um, allows them to be not turned over in defensive transition. Um, they've also managed to get Julian Brandt playing quite a flexible role, um, just mm. moving around, pulling strings. Do in, you think in Julian midfield. Brandt's the most German-looking player currently playing? Potentially. He really, I mean, his hairstyle doesn't suit him. Yeah, I think so. I know, and it's, it's very rare that I would say something like that, but I feel it strongly with Julian Brandt. I would never make a comment on people who manage to have hair, so... That's um, fair. Yeah, the, the really nice transitional system. So in possession, it allows them to get the players into the areas they want them to get them into, but with the realisation that if they turn the ball over, they're well set up to to defend that as well. And yeah, um, yeah they've... They, they, they've. I mean, I don't... It's hard to say they've they've been well worth the, 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 the league title because it, it does feel as though Bayern have had every opportunity to rescue it when they've yeah. stacked it on a, a number of occasions in the last few months. so Well, like we said, they, they still have to get past Mainz on the final day. They do. Um, and, uh, but surely. You would, surely. You would surely uh, Mainz, think so. Yeah, Mainz, Mainz have had ninth, a good... ninth place. They won the most recent game, but a bit of a difficult run of form. Nothing to play for. No European contention possible. No relegation possible. Taking a look at the bottom of the Bundesliga table now, Hertha, already relegated. Bless them. The Berlin, the Berlin boys all the way down there. Uh, Schalke and Bochum are also in the uh, the relegation zones areas, um, but Augsburg, who obviously lost to Dortmund over the weekend, and Stuttgart 
still could possibly drop down there. So it's all going to be entertaining on the final day of the season. Lots to play for still in the Bundesliga. Um, Schalke are gone, aren't they? They can't make up that goal difference. Schalke theoretically can get there's out. There's another game. Yeah, there's what? There's one more game. There's uh, one more game, but they're on 31 points and then 14th place is Augsburg and they're on 34. Yeah, but 15th place is Stuttgart on 32. And that's not a relegation. Oh, uh, yes. Just, and also, also, I believe 16th in, is a playoff. Yeah, a playoff. Is a playoff I managed to miss that entire Yeah. Bit. Good interrupt, though. It's my favourite kind of interrupt, when you interrupt to correct, but you were wrong. No, I wanted to ask. I didn't want to correct. I'm sorry if I came across that way. I just wanted to know. Don't don't play it down what now. What to learn. Did you actually? Yeah. You are the most uncurious about the Bundesliga man I've ever met in my I life. I really don't care. You don't care at all. <laughs> Every Even time... when it's like literally the most interesting thing that happened this weekend. <laughs> yeah. you Every give time we've said, let's talk about the Bundesliga this week, you've made a joke about Bayern winning it in the end. Which is <laughs> <laughs> quite funny. Do you think they'll they win it? We tried to have Seb Stafford-Blore here today. We had te- technical issues, unfortunately. But I'm um, particularly smug and delighted today because I've been saying to him for eight weeks that what if we should think about Dortmund because what if? And he's like, no, 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 no. Even the Blore master didn't believe that Bayern I enjoyed watching how we did my screw. research for the Dortmund video and I watched a lot and um, yeah we got Dortmund they're a fun we'll team because they because they're so transitional in a really transitional league and they yeah. have you know good players who can who can transition so yeah yeah good you've also been on a bit of a tear with respect to getting predictions right haven't you tell you what halfway I mean, through that game the the Dortmund game I was, mean halfway through he's doing a lot of lifting here it was like what wasn't it 20 minutes to go and you were like no well, it wasn't 20 minutes to go there was we, there was over half an hour to go so we can find there was them. over half an hour to go I guarantee you and it was a it was a red card obviously which had kind of for Augsburg which kind of made the game harder for, for Dortmund to play anyway um, scored one goal you made a, a reasonable comment, which was Dortmund are going to need more goals because uh, Augsburg started to come out. And they were a little dangerous, you know. And I said, oh, well, 3-0 for me. You know, end of the game, end of the game. And I was sitting there waiting. It was 2-0 all the way until 94 minutes. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, John's That's the only reason you carried on John's going to be game, there waiting it? to text me saying, oh, 3-0, did you say? But and I, they I scored in the death. I think that is a very unfair characteristic of no, what I would have done in that of situation. Of course it is. But you wouldn't have watched that game if you hadn't have said that they were going to win 3 I was into three. it. I liked it. I like to watch games with players I don't really know. I watched Engels for the first time. Engels, a JJ Ball's shout out there. You're for, loving for Engels Augsburg. instead, right? I'm loving Engels instead. Uh, he's really cool. Tell me about tell me about Engels. He's a young dude who plays for Augsburg. That's his all his I know. first competitive season, apparently. Yeah, very exciting. You should watch him. I did. Yes, and that's how I knew he was the best player. Liar, liar, liar! Pants on fire. It's correct though, so yeah. you couldn't prove otherwise. Let's have another break now, and when we come back, we'll talk about a different relegation scrap. Okay, Leicester play tonight, I think, as we're talking. Uh, so by the time this podcast goes out, you will know the result of that, and we will not know the result of that. So this could all be different. But They're playing Newcastle, aren't they? They're so. playing Newcastle. They're probably not going to win. Uh, but anyway, Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. Now, Everton, of course, results from the, the weekend. Well, maybe we should start West Ham Leeds, actually. Just very brief. It's a, a brief foray. To West Ham leads there, uh, John, because they weren't very good. I mean, they were okay in the first half, but you know that West Ham team weren't great. I think that they're, what we've seen from Leeds under Allardyce is that they come out quite intense in the first fifteen twenty minutes, and the idea is to try and get a goal and then do enough to hang on to that goal. Um, and it it hasn't worked. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't work out. It no. didn't work out. But obviously, against Newcastle, we got the the early goal, 
and then a penalty to go 2-0 up, yeah. um, which was missed. Uh, and then Newcastle got back into it. Um, and the same was true with, with well, we went 1-0 up against West Ham and then had a complete inability to control the ball yeah. at all. And in the Premier League now, it's you, it's, you simply cannot hang on to games in that manner anymore because opposition... Like It was a West Ham who had won in the uh, European conf- the Europa Conference League on in Thursday midweek. Night, yeah. They'd obviously enjoyed themselves on, on uh, in, in celebration of that and then had only had one training session yeah. um, before facing Leeds and they sort of... Not to mention a, a, lot, a lot of um, uh, unrest uh, um, oh, at, yeah, at the stadium as well, right? Yeah. So like, Who could forget Nolsey? Yeah. <laughs> So it would have impacted the, uh, the players yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. The club. And yet they they came out and looked much you know much fresher. Much they had looked like they had much more of an idea of what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, they 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 stayed patient even when Leeds did have a little bit of momentum in the in the first twenty minutes. But then they just sort of cruised home in in, in the second part yeah. of that game. So yeah, I it, West Ham look, very much looking like a uh, a lower half table Premier League team. Leeds looking a bit cooked, aren't they? Yeah, they've got I, Tottenham I so. to, Tottenham away or at home is the final game of the season Tottenham at home in the last game of the season I mean so Tottenham are absolutely crap so anything could happen but, but we're, we're in a situation now where all the um, Everton need is a draw and then yeah. Leeds have to win by three goals or something like that which yeah isn't isn't looking great speaking of uh, JJ Bull Everton currently in 17th place 33 points too clear of the drop right now after a, uh, a one-all draw with Wolverhampton Wanderers Yerry Mina scoring a goal in 90 plus nine I mean that's uh, a terrific point for them for Everton yes yes well Sean Dyche is the manager <laughs> why did you even come to work <laughs> Well, I don't know. The relegation teams are kind of nuts. Like, yeah, nothing makes anything, sense at the bottom. Anything yeah. can happen. Anything it, can it, happen. It does. Is it maybe the interesting thing to talk about is how the <laughs> Premier League randomly don't rescue him. I'm rescuing him. Okay, um, I, can, I can get out of this. Yeah, he's, going, going he's Mount Doom. I'm an eagle. It's all great. <laughs> um, the, the Premier League randomly decided this weekend that they were going to do long. Um, injury time yeah. numbers again. So this game went on for ten minutes after it ended. Leeds yeah. had, same with Liverpool as well. Minutes, like nine minutes. Or yeah, like exactly. That, yeah. So, yeah. which it seemed like a weird, it seemed like a weird point of the season to be like, right, we're going to go back and try and do that again after we did it in the World Cup. Yeah, um, there's yeah, been, been a lot of a, a criticism about time wasting recently. I well, think I think they did that on purpose so yeah. they can you, choose who your tweet. Up. It's a conspiracy because hey? you have clout, Joe. I've got clout. Yeah, you did that tweet about time wasting being boring. Did I? Yeah, don't remember. Was it good? Yeah, it was, it was one of your better ones. Was it? Yeah. You can follow me at JM <laughs> underscore Divine on Twitter when I tweet once every 12 days. <laughs> um, did Calvert-Lewin go off in, injured in this game? No, yes, he's done the last, again. again. He also went off twice, in the last game. Past two games. He yeah. went off injured twice. Half-time at Man City is a precaution uh, for a tight groin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got one of those. Me too, actually. I've got really? an injury. Yeah, the yeah. chair incident last week did not help in that regard. The chair incident yes. tightened your groin. <laughs> yeah, even It also further. tightened mine, you know, <laughs> watching you fall. Pain. Anyway, he also went off in the first half of the game against Wolves. Oh, bless him. Mm. Okay, he needs a summer off. Patrick Bamford he? also went off injured. Need, if we're talking about he had a year nines off. going injured. Rodrigo had a plantar fascia problem and played the last 20 minutes of the game hobbling around. Yeah. 
What are you saying? The Leeds fa- players are heroes. Leeds players, yeah, they're are heroes. Also broken. Give them the ring, send them to Mount Doom, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, send the Leeds players to Mount Doom no one and would let them plop in them, the lava of the championship. Sauron would be like, oh, they're just, it's just Weston McKenney, walk on right in. Yeah, that's right. Now also, Nottingham Forest won, nil Arsenal... That was an unexpected result, except it wasn't because it's exactly the sort of result that you should expect <laughs> in the current circumstances. Lovely goal from Taiwan Onii. Very impressive from Steve Cooper mm. and the gang. All the gang down there at Nottingham Forest. That's right. What uh, do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, they've, they've had the perfect run-in for, for the end of the season. They've, they're, yeah, they played Arsenal. <laughs> no, but as in, they've, you know, you want, if you're going to play well at any point in the season... As a relegation team, when best to do it than, than right at the end. And you mentioned Tyro Arani, and he's been absolutely fantastic for them. And, and we've just listed off a whole load of, of forwards who've been injured for clubs and made them worse going off. Uh, and Forrest have had a, a forward who's actually been able to lead the line for them, hold the ball up, get involved in, in, in link-up play, but also score the goals as well. Gibbs White has been just so much better than I thought he was. I like it when I uh, get someone wrong like that. I like it too. Yeah, because normally I'm quite good at telling if they're good or not. It's one of the things. I, it's one of the few things I think I'm quite good at in right. football. Is like what are the when, other things? Uh, that's that's probably it. <laughs> and so then, like, Gibbs, he's been great though. Like, just a really tidy player. Does uh, really important for how they play. I think that's the game before this one. He was giving the ball away quite a lot in dangerous situations. So you can yeah. tell he's definitely like learning when and where to be able to do the things he can do. But really dynamic, like really quick, like, clever feet. Just a a nice little player to have in, um, and that's made a big difference. Keylor Navas is really important. You've noticed that Serge Ori has been quite good for them. Mm. Like he and like a leader, he goes and has little chats with people all the time. Mm. There was a, a thing recently where Brendan Johnson should definitely have cut back the ball to the edge of the box rather than putting it across the box. This was in the previous game, not this uh, Arsenal game. But like Johnson's making the wrong decision because he's a player who could be good if he gets decision making stuff right. And then Ori goes over and talks to him and explains like why he's like if I, was a, I can see what he's doing with sign language. He's saying um, that if he Puts the ball across the near post, the defender is reading it, and they can slide in. But look at this guy who was at the edge of the box, that's where you should go. So we'll probably see Brennan Johnson doing that mm. going forward. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, well done to Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Well Do you done. know what really Felipe annoys me? Player as well. what? That person said that, that hobbits are less corruptible, right? But no, Gollum no. is literally a hobbit uh, who got corrupted by the, by way, the ring. Excuse me, Gollum is not a hobbit. So all I'm saying is, is no, maybe no, there's on. an eagle out there no, that no. no one knows about that's like really good at beating just, Nazgul and it could have just done it. Out nonsense all like I'm saying is, not in, <laughs> all interrupt all me. I'm saying is, Joseph, they didn't they say at least explore the hobbits are less corruptible because as evidenced by the stories of the books and the films, hobbits are not less corruptible. Frodo is less corruptible. Okay, Frodo. well, let me introduce you to this. There's, Elijah a, there's an eagle Wood. that you don't know about. It's called Barry. Really Barry good against eagle. Nazgul. Yeah. They should he's, have he's, he's, he's a top-tier player against <laughs> the Nazgul Mounts. He is yeah. elite. Generation. Well, it's a shame that you weren't around in the 50s to barge into Tolkien's shed and say, oh, you fucking prick. Get, get get Barry in the book. Get Barry, Barry will sort it straight out. Exactly. By the way, if you don't Barry want any the bald book to write or any royalties and you want this to be a short story that doesn't stay in the hearts and minds of children all well, across the I think you've arrived world. at the real truth there. Yeah, Joe, what, that nothing that... matters. It's all meaningless and an eagle can solve every problem. I've tried reading that book about five times and it just I get yeah, to the bit with the time of the fireworks. Don't read the I'm books. So bored. Don't read the book. I used, to, I used to live with my friend Richard and he would... Uh, <laughs> 
he listened to the Lord of the Rings audiobooks to go to sleep. He, he never, he wasn't a huge Lord of the Rings fan. He just enjoyed, I can't remember um, which uh, voice Was it the BBC it ones? Because they were yeah, really who, who good. voiced them? Ian Holm did. Ian Holm. Ian Holm, Ian Holm yeah. does the voice. And so I would sit there listen, listening, going to sleep. And through the wall, I'd hear it, the dulcet tones of Ian Holm singing a Hobbit song. You know, <laughs> the number of songs in those books. But is he now good a Lord. genius? Because there's a state of sleep where you can, uh, like, either a really creative state or a really... Uh, uh, potent like learning state or right. something like that yeah so obviously because you know i'm a scientist this you're is all scientist. correct yeah, 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 right? and we should course. believe and and, and everything you i say as well well so you would know i try because you sleep yeah i yeah. try to sleep mm. and then um and so therefore he must then be able to know everything about all hobbits and goblins uh, and stuff. i think it's possibly true he, he does he he's um he knows the name of every Game of Thrones character. Again, not a huge Game of Thrones fan. Friend zone. Just the guy. Yeah, friend zone. Yeah. Australian perv dad. Dragon lady. Yeah, dragon lady. <laughs> all, the, all the big names. Tree boy. Tree boy, yeah. Oh, by the way, my best impersonation is of a Lord of the Rings character. Have you ever heard, my, have you ever heard me it? impersonate Treebeard? Oh, I thought it was going to be Gandalf. I can do Gollum. Treebeard. Hold on, I'll do Treebeard for you first. Tree, Gandalf's very... Uh, Gandalf, okay. My Gandalf is all right. Your Ian it? McKellen is pretty good. Yeah. But this is this is Treebeard. And Treebeard is a is a is a tree ent. He's the big tree. He's an ent, not a carries, tree. Whatever. They're the shepherds of the trees, the, I believe. The, and the I the hope everyone the in the comments will <clears throat> upbraid you for that. <laughs> Disgusting. Borarum. Oh, I always feel like walking south is going downhill. <laughs> yeah, that's good. yeah, that's pretty good. good. Give us your Ian McKellen. What, what, shall I read Gandalf. out? Shall I read oh, I, out the I like tweet? the bit where he says, "All you know, it's not for you to fucking decide. All you've got to do is decide what, what to do yeah, with oh, the yeah. time that's given to you, Frodo. I'd watch it if it was that accent. Yeah. I think that the solution to all our problems here <laughs> is <are> eagles. <laughs> Send in the eagles. That's very good. It's very good. What have you got? <laughs> yeah, I hate I hate your creepy voice. <laughs> I hate it so. Would you like to have a I don't like it. Would you like my bath? Yes, that's he's, Yoda. He's Gollum Yoda. I can do Yoda better. Yes, my bath. Would you like Yoda? It's, all, it's like Frank Oz voices, isn't it? Mm, it's easy. Yeah. yeah. What about um? I like uh, Mr. Frodo. Oh, Mr. Frodo. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. Is that the lizard? Yeah, <laughs> I can also do Neil Young singing, but that's it's not for not for today. A different time. Different About time. eagles, I can do eagles. Yeah, yeah, the eagles. <laughs> <laughs> that eagle would definitely not make it. That sounds. This like is a this is an eagle, eagle trying to get to Mount Doom just with noises. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's dead. It got you killed by a Barry, Nazgul. Did you? You didn't and the Nazgul. Barry. Do you know what the Nazgul sounds like? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Nazgul sounds like. What the hell? I can see why they won. With That's the, it's the Nazgul's mount, not the Nazgul. Anyway, this is the end of the podcast. Now, the end of the TV podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about two games. Oh no, we did a little we bit. Do, we well. did loads of stuff. Yeah. We'll be back again next week. There's only two more studio yeah, episodes now. Only two more studio episodes to come. Pretty exciting. We've got some special treats in order. Um, do we? I don't know. We we'll probably will do by the time we get there. Yeah. Now listen, we'll be back next week. But uh, thank you very kindly to JJ Bull, the Bullard. Thank you, Jonathan Dog McKenzie. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Steve Hankey, thanks so much for today's podcast. You're welcome, precious. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the long-limbed Jamie. 
video producer. There he goes. His arms are up in the air there. Very long arms. They're all long. And legs. Now, uh, until next week, uh, au revoir, bienvenue, a fide sen, and tschüss, motherfuckers. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Athletic.